Welcome to Drone Zone Under podcast. Um, we're starting season two. Welcome, Ty. Welcome, Brandon. Hey. So we finished season one. We got through 13 episodes, guys. Very well done. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think 13 more than we planned, which is very, yeah. very good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got there. We did them. We did get there. Exactly. So mm. season two, we're all very excited. A lot of things um, already been planned underway. Um, but today we've got our special guest, uh, Mahmoud Hussain, uh, who's the Chief Executive Officer from Global Drone Solutions. Welcome, Mo. Thank you. Um, before we, uh, I want to talk a little bit about his bio. So let me go through that for a couple of minutes. So Mahmoud Hussain is a Chief Executive Officer of Global Drone Solutions, a CASA approved drone pilot training organization. Mahmoud is a seasoned senior executive, strategist, and CASA certified drone pilot, having held numerous senior executive positions with national and multinational market leaders in the mining, automotive, and advanced manufacturing industries. Global Drone Solutions harness drone technology to solve both social and business problems and create new business opportunities. It provides tailored drone training and consulting to a broad range of industries. Outcomes include reduced operational costs, reduced risk, improved operation efficiencies, and most importantly, improved safety. So my very good buyer there, and uh, I've heard you speak a number of times, uh, and we were all excited to have you on board. I, I think we're all very in awe of your passion for the industry, and I think that's we need more of you. And um, we're looking forward to the next 60-odd minutes or so. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you, you know, how did young Mo get started before you got into drones? <laughs> Thank you, Sean, for your kind words and introduction. Um, look, not a lot of people realize that um, uh, I'm 65 years of age, so I've been around the traps a little bit. And um, I'm a mechanical engineer. I work for a lot of large companies when uh, to turn them around if things aren't going right. And I got an opportunity four or five years uh, before I started Global Drone Solutions um, to turn a couple of businesses around for Deloitte's. And um, the second business I worked for, uh, I was their CEO, um, had been in a mining boom and lost money. And uh, so I was put in to see if I could turn that business around. And I said to their um, you know, chairman, very difficult to do that when you consider that you've lost money, right? When there's 80,000 pieces of equipment in the mining industry, now we're down to 20. So we're gonna have to look at something different. So I introduced a few of the products, uh, made some changes within the business. I said, you need something definitely new. And I'd seen Rio Tinto and BHP using uh, uh, starting to use drones. And uh, I said, what about drones? And he said, no, no, I just want to stick my knitting, right? But I was that interested that for the next two years, which was a two-year contract I had, at nights I would research, you know, drones and where they were going and realized that it had lots of legs. And this was uh, in 2014. And then when my two-year contract finished, I um, started Global Drone Solutions exactly, you know, six years ago. Awesome. And what made you maybe tell us a little bit about what um, Global Drone Solutions is about? 
Yeah. Well, look, one of the lucky things was that that two years of research um, allowed me to pinpoint that drones were inspections were a bit early. Right. Um, and when I spoke to my friends and because I still had a lot of connections in the mining industry um, and they all said, look, yeah, good idea, Mahmood, but it's still a toy. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, a lot of drones uh, that were falling out of the sky in them days as well. And I think it's more to do with the props than anything else. But anyway, um, people don't look at the, you know, why they just say they see some of the drones, you know, dropping out. And um, I realized that the inspection business might be very hard to start, but training would be something that would continue to grow. And as the business grew, there would be more demand for pilots and therefore training. So that's the reason why I went into training. Although uh, knowing that it could take between nine and 15 months to get CASA's approval. So how do you fund a new project you know, for um, uh, that period of time without no income? And look, I'm a big picture person. I feel very comfortable in marketing and business development. And I'm not one for writing manuals and training material. So uh, I took on um, a young lady that I had worked for or worked with before. And I said, that's your job. My job is while you're building this, I will go away and make the connections. And that's what, it took us um, nine months, which was uh, in most cases a record. But what we did is we actually took on um, two or three ex-pilots from the aviation industry to help finish that training material. And I think them working with me part-time for three months fast-tracked where we got to. So September uh, 2016, we delivered our first training program and uh, we never looked back since. Right. And is there any kind of, uh, as prior to training, um, can you talk about that process? You mentioned nine months. Obviously, it's not a, a process that, too many people would have been familiar with and, and I'm sure you didn't have a network you could go and ask you know what the experience is or you know how, how you could potentially shortcut some of those uh time frames yeah uh, that's a you... really good question Sean because um <laughs> I thought it would be relatively easy uh, a shortcut would be to go and buy somebody else's material right and then modify change it improve it but of course, you know, the drone industry was in its infancy. Yeah. And um, so there was nobody around sharing that information. But luckily, I did have friends who were, you know, um, pilots. So they gave us a, an outline of what was required by looking at what, um, you know, CASA's, you know, uh, um, material was available. And the lady that I was uh, working with, Vanessa, she had experience in developing Cert 3, Cert 4 training material. So very quickly, so she really was an instructional designer. So she knew, knew what the structure was going to be. And then what we had to do is, is invite people from the aviation industry to help us pull that to get, you know, together. So no, it was a, it's an obvious journey without a shadow of doubt. Like I said, not from the aviation background, but luckily having connections in that industry so that, you know, we could get advice. Um, and, and that's why we ended up taking these guys on for three months. We were able to get quite a bit done in the first four or five months. I then went away and got my you know, 
after that, um, that helped to you know uh, cement where we were going and how we were going to finish that material off. Uh, but I don't think I could have done it without them three months of aviation experts in our business. Right. Uh, but since then, of course, you know we've had the new manual standards. Um, just to give you an example, when we first get approved, our student manual was a hundred and forty-five pages. It currently sits at 560 pages. Now, some of it is to do with uh, manual standards, but we had continually improved it. And look, it, you know, it's not something I'm, I'm, uh, I say lightly, but I do believe we have now got some of the best training material anywhere in the world, not just uh, in Australia. That's great. Well, you've had lots of years to, to refine and get that feedback, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that, you know, it's taking um, feedback from the industry as well. So the best people to tell us whether we were good, bad or indifferent uh, would be our graduates, right? And if you Google Global Drone Solutions reviews, we have 222, I think, five-star Google reviews. And if you read three or four, you get the gist you know, the three things that people tell you is that, yes, we're a good team, we're very friendly, very helpful. Um, we've got great training uh, facilities and we've got exceptionally good instructors. Now, most of our instructors, you know, because of the aviation industry uh, downturn due to COVID, it's been a godsend for us because we've now got five instructors that are all commercial pilots, you know, used to fly for Emirates, Qantas, you know, uh, Dreamliners, A380s. Um, so they bring a, a, a big professional approach to everything that they do. And I think uh, the graduates are a little bit um, overawed with, wow, you know, we're, we're learning to become drone pilots, but this guy, you know, flies A380s or Dreamliners for British Airways, right? Um, so it, again, that's what it's all about, it's ensuring that the graduates get a fantastic experience. And what I've always said is, if we do this right, and the graduate or the potential client student uh, gets a fantastic experience from the time he makes the first call and inquires right through to graduation, and then afterwards as well, then we will have a good, strong business. And that's exactly what has happened, you know? So 20% of our business is from uh, previous graduates uh, and through recommendations. And in that time, um, we've managed to uh, get businesses from some of the largest companies in the world. So, you know, we have vendors to Rio Tinto, BHP, Fortescue, um, in the mining industry, uh, in the oil and gas, Shell, Chevron, Woodside, uh, we have a Cert 3 in aviation to, um, which we deliver to, to high schools, so 15 and 16 year olds, uh, which includes a remote pilot's license as well. Um, so we're in a broad range of industries, um, but again, it's being able to knock on that door and tell them what we can do. And then if they send us two or three students, they have fantastic experience, then they, we end up getting all our business. Right? Um, simple. Can you share a little bit about what some of the, that training is actually, you know, the companies just talked about, what type of work are they using their pilots for? 
Yeah, look, very good question. Um, when we first started, and if you looked at mining industry six years ago, um, Rio Tinto and Beach were BHP were some of the early adopters, and they started off using using drones for um, volumetric measurement of stockpiles, right? And they did that probably for the first year. But now, if you go to um, the mining industries, you'll see that they're using them for, you know measuring uh, stockpiles, but they also use them now for pit wall inspections. They use them for whole roads. Uh, they're using them for um, uh, tailing dams. Uh, we're now working with a couple of large mining companies uh, where we're um, trying to deliver components into the pit. To give you an example, one of the, one of the mines and the BHP and Rio Tintos and Newmonts, they're all very similar. They're such a large mine sites that it takes a, a mechanic or a technician 30 minutes to get drive into a pit. Now you can imagine if something has broken down and he drives all the way down there and it's got the wrong part, or he realizes he needs another hose or some other component. You know, by the time he's driven 30 minutes back and had a cup of tea and had a chat with his mates, that's an hour and a half, two hours gone. Well, why don't we just send um, the drone down there with that component? And we know that we can, we, relatively easily find drones that'll carry up to two kilos. Uh, I mean, the off-the-shelf um, uh, DJI product will carry, like the M210 will carry two kilos, right? And so it's, it's fairly easy to do, but the biggest challenge, as we all will no doubt talk in more detail, is the regulator, right? And uh, they're a bit, um, bit slow, uh, but again, you know, uh, in their sort of uh, corner, we're an industry that's moving so fast and they're a large bureaucratic organization that takes time to process, turn that ship around is gonna be a big job. One of our favorite topics, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what we're doing now, which is very interesting is we've currently got a project with um, Rio Tinto, um, with Precepto. Uh, I'm sure you've yeah. met Precepto, the drone in a box you know, organization. Uh, where a lot of these mining companies now gone into autonomous operations with haul trucks, now drill rigs, and, and, and the list is growing. And of course, we've got the biggest robot in the world, which is their Rio Tinto's uh, uh, train, right? Mm. Uh, which is totally autonomous. And so what we're working with them is um, how do we operate a drone 2,000 kilometers away, right? So there's a lot of time and effort being spent with likes of Rio Tinto on, you know, utilizing drones, but it might be working in Western Australia's Pilbara, but the control center here is here in, in Perth. Um, and we're working through, you know, uh, with Casserole on how we achieve that. Uh, we're working with another uh, company called uh, Hover. You may know Hover, Jackie. Yep. Um, she's been very, very helpful in, in making that happen. Um, and with Chris Lane, you know, from, you know, Perceptor. So there's a lot of an effort and time that goes in to make that happen. If we make that happen, the beauty about it is it's going to be a lot easier to then replicate in other, you know, areas. What are you finding the most challenging part in that process? Because I guess in my mind, maybe it's the regulator from, from that side of things. But is that right? Is it more the regulations and the things, I guess, the loops that you have to jump through and all that sort of stuff um, to get it right? 
because my mind, you know, I can see the product on the market already. Yeah. Um, it's ready to go. It's just for, are we allowed to do it? And how do we do it here in Australia? Yeah. Look, Brendan, you're absolutely right there. The product capability is, is there um, and it's been there for probably a year or even two years. Um, we had a, a company here from Israel called Aerobotics and they were here three years ago with drawn in a box. Mm. To be honest, they were too early, right? They had yeah. a great product, right? But trying to get, um, you know, CASA's approval uh, and all the other insurance requirements and everything else. And even, you know, um, the businesses like BHP just couldn't get their head around having a five or six kilo aircraft flying around above equipment and people. Whereas, you know, nowadays, it, quite a few of the, the uh, mining companies have got operations where that might only be half a dozen people running the whole mine, right? Um, because it's remote operations. Um, so the challenge we're facing is the equipment is available, technology is available, is the regulator. And you can't blame the regulator. Their job is to make sure that everything, you know, is safe. Um, but to what extent? The challenge is all oh, this is new to them as well. So, I mean, I hear it every day and Jackie is, is the one who, you know, is, I know at the forefront of this where she's um, working with the, the CASA nearly every day to get some approval for another aircraft or a, another platform from overseas. And that's why you're right. You're seeing all these drawn in a box options, you know, on the marketplace, right? Mm. Um, I mean, I had a long one hour, probably an hour and a half discussion with Jackie yesterday on where, you know, she saw, you know, uh, products moving because we want to be at the forefront. It's all about, you know, things like this, discussing and, and seeing and sharing ideas and, and experiences. Um, so yes, the answer in short is, is the regulations. Uh, we understand that because some of the things we're trying to do are new, uh, and CASA will want to come and see and develop. So um, it's happening. I mean, two years ago, if we'd gone to CASA and it said, look, we're looking at the remote operations, they'd have laughed you out of the room, right? Yeah. And now they're saying, okay, well, um, should tell us more. How do we you know, get involved? What needs to happen? Um, and I think, look, there, there's been some changes in CASA at the top, and I'm starting to see some of the benefits slowly cascading. But again, it's a large organization. Um, there's a lot more um, collaboration, collaboration, collaboration um, between CASA and, and the industry as well. We see the new you know, requests for information and input, and hopefully a lot of people have done that input. Um, but there are new applications as well and, and new technology. You know, no, it's no longer about drones. It's more about the... Um, applications and the payloads. I mean, just imagine in six years, we've, um, the first drone that we used was a Phantom 2. And we thought that was awesome. You know, you've got an M300, right? Um, yes, the cost is 10 times, but the benefits and technology changes are, you know, 300 times, right? Yeah. I mean, most decent drones now coming out with, um, you know, 360 degree, um, you know, um, cameras to be able to, you know, detect and avoid other, you know, aircraft or, you know, property. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very exciting space to be. Yeah. Where, where do you think you, you see the industry going? I mean, with, with, 
I know you're talking about the autonomy and, and obviously the regulations are sort of what slow everything down, but you've been in a space where you, you obviously do a fair bit of research into the industry and the technology available. Mm-hmm. Where do you really think, particularly in Australia, obviously, where we'll be heading in sort of the next five to 10 years? I mean, I know there's the talk of the um, drone Uber kind of thing that they're supposed to be starting in, in Brisbane next year and a few things like that. So it's, it's quite an interesting space and someone with your depth of knowledge, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on where you think it's going. Yeah. Well, look, I make it my business to understand where this business or this industry is going. And the reason for it is I want to be prepared. Um, uh, and I only want to focus on training, right? Because I do believe that there is so much uh, opportunity. Um, we've had lots of opportunities to go into inspections and, and all the rest of it, but we've resisted that. Um so where I see things happening, and, and you will guys will already see it, and that is that unmanned traffic management system, the amount of time and money that's been invested, the talent that some of the companies are putting together is absolutely awesome, right? Really, really good to see. And to be honest, you know, if I look at WA and we have a, a CBD, uh, St. George's Terrace, if I wanted to fly there tomorrow, I would need about 50 people's permission. And I'm not going to get that, right? So you won't, and you won't be flying tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the challenge now is with it, with the unmanned traffic management system comes along with the air corridors, right? And that will mean that all we have to do is get the regulators permission. So basically freeways, you know, in the sky, and I honestly do believe that we're a lot closer than a lot of people believe we are. I mean, if you just look at, um, you know, what Wing are doing, you know, in Canberra and um, in Logan, right? You're delivering tea, coffee, pizzas, and now medicine, COVID, you know, jabs. Um, now they, you know, on top of a shopping center, I believe in Melbourne, uh, delivering, you know, you buy something from the shop downstairs and have it delivered by a drone, right? That's massive, you know, um, steps um, in this industry in a very short period of time. And we have learned a lot, you know, and we know that uh, they've been using Australia as a testing ground. You know, they, they go to, they went to Finland and said, look, we've tested this in a very high, uh, you know, uh, hot environment. And um, literally it took a month to get approval to do that. They're similar in, in the US as well, I believe, right? So that's two things. Look, uh, Ty, you mentioned air taxis, but that's a lot of areas that's going on in there, right? I mean, now you've got organizations who are, you know, literally uh, signing agreements. I saw something on LinkedIn today that um, one of the taxi companies is looking at signing an agreement with a car parking organization to use the top of their car parks. What a wonderful idea. The infrastructure is already built. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know too much about uh, these costs, but certainly in Perth, we have a lot of um, tall buildings in the CBD that are, um, you know, ideal for, you know, air taxis, you know, the square flat, you know, roofs, right? And it wouldn't take that much more to, you know, uh, put something in place to make that happen, right? Um, and then of course, when you look at air taxis, you know, you'd be looking at putting them in, in uh, high traffic areas, like railway stations, bus stations, shopping centers, 
And that would do have a big, big positive impact on our road transport because it basically means it takes vehicles off, off the road, you know? Yes. Um, the other thing that's quite exciting and, and um, is the fuel systems, right? So, you know, for the last few years, we've, we've worked with electrical, you know, and a mechanical, you know, um, uh, propulsion, but now you've got hydrogen coming along and that's going to be a game changer if you think about it. You know, so the air taxis that I've looked at, you know, they, they, they can do 200, uh, two hours of flight um, with, sorry, it's 200 kilometer flight with electric and they can do 800 kilometers, you know, with hydrogen. I mean, that, and I can tell you from WA, that makes a massive difference, right? Yeah, so we can go down to our um, uh, wine region, Margaret River, which is 300 kilometers away, uh, very easily with a 200 kilometer journey no you'd have to stop recharge and all the rest of it right so these fuels are changing as well so you can see it's no longer just about the drone it's all the other you know technology goes with it and then of course you guys you see lidar look at emerson and what they managed to do right now like i say i worked in the mining industry and underground mining very very difficult um, of course, is a GPS denied, you know, uh, location. Now we're using robots where you have a robotic platform that's like a four-wheel drive. You know, you put the um, um, N300 on top of that with a LiDAR unit, take it down there, you know, from, you know, remotely. And then when it gets to the cave or the stop, he wants to inspect, flies, does this job, comes back, lands and brings it back out again. Right? Well, guys, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal. And then, of course, you've got multispectral. I won't go into that in much detail, but agriculture, as you know, is a very big uh, industry for drones. Mm. Uh, powered lift, which I believe is, is going to overtake the um, um, fixed-wing aircraft that we have because it's an ideal situation. On mine site, you don't have little you know, airstrips. Your, your uh, most expensive component is your payload, and that's underneath the aircraft, right? Um, so powered lift being able to take off and then land in the same spot, you know, it is another, you know, game changer. But, you know, the one thing that really excites me about PowerLift, that the other things that it allows us to do, and that is uh, heavy lift. Now, you can't do heavy lift with fixed wing. Or with, you can, but it's very, very difficult to do. With PowerLift, it's relatively easy, right? So if you think about marine applications, you know, taking goods from shore to ship and vice versa, a lot of times, you know, we they all, all they need is two kilograms, three kilograms, maybe 10 kilograms of components or, or documents, right? And then we send out a little barge or a little boat to get there. Well, that's all right. That's not too bad. It's a nice little job for somebody. But when they get there, how do you get this, you know, documents or, or three kilo, you know, product from the ocean up, you know, in, uh, up to the ship, which is three stories high? Um, so it can take a half a day, whereas with a, you know, a power lift to 10, 15 kilo aircraft, you can easily uh, do that in about 10 minutes and have it back, right? Emergency goods, you know, to, you know, when somebody's not well, right? We want to, we are trying in Perth to keep the ships away from Fremantle Harbour. Well, what happens is, you know, we've got a couple of them now coming in. We know they've got COVID, um, you know, people on board. So why not, you know, keep them out into the outer harbor and then, you know, fly a drone with the COVID kits and, and medicine, you know, so that's that sort of stuff. So you can see it's combining 
different technologies and, and I am really excited about PowerLift and where they can go and, and the benefits it will have. We're currently um, working with uh, WA Health and a couple of companies. One is called Swiss Drones and the other one is um, Kaman. And Kaman have an aircraft that, you know, a drone that can fly two or three hours and can take up to half a kilo, um, half a ton, you know, 500 um, yeah. kilograms. That's awesome. Yeah. So look, air taxis, one of the benefits I see with air taxis uh, is something you mentioned, Ty, in, is a lot, not a lot of people are realizing that when they look at air taxis, they're just looking at it as carrying humans. Mm. Well, I think before they carry humans, well, they're going to carry cargo. Yeah, cargo. It's a perfect solution, right? Definitely. Carry, you know, 500 grams, kilograms of, you know, medicine or, I mean, like in, in, in a WA, we get cyclones. And when that happens in the north, some of our communities uh, are, you know, disengaged, can't Cut get off. to them. And it's the roads yeah. that are flooded, right? Well, we well, just had this similar problem here in North Queensland with the floods that came through just recently. And, and, and yeah. that was a big part of the problem with the trucks is essentially they, that main strip of highway that runs up between central, uh, central coast Queensland and North Queensland was just completely yeah. cut off. Yeah. So to, to have that capability and, and to be able to do that now potentially with drones, that's, I agree with you. I think cargo is really where it can make a huge difference. Like, don't get me wrong, the drone taxi cool is, is cool, the concept, obviously, but the, the cargo side of things, that's a, that's a serious game changer, particularly yeah. in Australia where we rely on trucks. Yeah, yeah. And look, we've got a lot of communities, remote communities, and, mm. um, you know, it's urgent medicine sometimes, you know, with a truck might take three days. I can tell you, we, we recently trained um, 10 people from an Aboriginal corporation up in the, in the Pilbara. Well, it took us a whole day to get there. It took our drones, um, the M300, three days to get there. And that was a, like a direct, you know, we paid extra money to get it there. And then we put it back on a normal, you know, truck and took seven days to get back here, right? Well, I'm sorry, but that, that ain't going to work. So if we can have drone hubs, and that's what we're talking to, the Aboriginal corporations about and Rio Tinto and BHP are helping with that process where we can have hubs. We've got local rangers trained who can help deliver that product. Our job is to get that product to a, a point that we can get to. And then their job would be then to use smaller drones to distribute that to their communities. Um, so no, look, there's lots of good stuff going on with, with drone industry. And that's why I'm excited. The last bit I would like to say that it's, combining um, aero robots with land-based robots, terrestrial robots like Boston Dynamics Dog. And if you've seen the video from uh, Precepto, you'll see that you've got a drone and then it can't go and do certain things because it's under a structure. Well, it directs the Boston Dynamics Dog to go and do that, capture that data, come back out, you know, so where there, there is GPS and then transfer that data. The key to it is there's a lot of changes going on there and there's got to be some sort of code of ethics. Otherwise, we're all going to be um, you know, uh, killed off like that. Is it what the Black Mirror somebody mentioned, right? Yeah, all <laughs> I think of Terminator 2. Just it goes right. back to that serious <laughs> scenario. Every time I see smart robots, I'm like, yep, we're going to die soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At, well, at least we'll be in the they... forefront. 
I think they, test, they tested the AI that they made with, um, I think, Twitter and Google. They made an AI and they gave it a Twitter account. And they realized it was a bad idea once the AI started to learn how humans react and, and how we analyze things and whatnot. And basically the Twitter bot came to the conclusion that the human race needed to die. And I think they thought they should probably switch it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, um, there's a Reddit thread as well. I can't remember the name of it, but there is a Reddit thread that it is all AI talking to itself. It's an AI conversation. It's nothing, wow. no human interaction, nothing. That's it's wild. all AI based and it's just continuously talking. And when you read it, it is quite literally like you're reading Twitter or something like that. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's wild. You see, it's, it's good, but again, it's how we manage it. Um, because to be honest, as soon as I talk to people about the Boston Dynamics dog, there are two reactions. One is, oh, brilliant, love one of them. Um, just don't have $100,000 <laughs> um, Or, oh, no, the worst nightmare right? And they keep bringing up this Black Mirror. I haven't watched that movie, by the way, but I've been told that's where... Uh, TV know. series, and I highly recommend it. You, it? You, you've been in the tech industry a little bit, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And it's a yeah. quite interesting perception on, on, on what could happen in the future. Yeah. Well, look, I think the ethics that will... Somebody, the government will have to put some sort of ethics in place for us to do that. And, and what the people I work with in this space... Um, they're saying that it should never be a robot to a robot. It should always be a human to a robot, right? And so it's, it's making sure that that human is kept in, in the loop. Because as you guys have said already, you know, AI is moving at a phenomenal rate of knots. Then you link that to virtual reality, augmented reality, machine learning, and, and, and wow, you know, suddenly think that there is, and we've got the computer power now to be able to do all that, right? Mm -hmm. So, look, it's an exciting space to be in, um, but I'm sure, like the drones were um, uh, regulated, I I'm quite sure that this will happen here as well. There's no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, one of the things our business is doing right now is we're morphing um, into the broader robotic space. So, air robots, terrestrial robots, and we're working with a company on subsea robots as well. A lot of people don't realize the amount of infrastructure that we have uh, certainly around Western Australia, and I'm sure it's the same everywhere else, um, that has to be maintained, um, you know, kilometers and underwater. So how are we going to do that, right? Um, so that's the sort of areas we're getting, you know, um, involved with because the clients coming in and seeing us. That's the benefit of working with the likes of Rio Tinto and BHP and Woodside is that they've, they've got challenges and say, well, you know, we've seen this particular, you know, give an example, Woodside have got two of them Boston Dynamic dogs, but the drawback to it is they're not intrinsically safe. In other words, you know, they still have sparks when, you know, when you mm. um, energize them and you've got pinch points and things like that. So they're playing about with them. They're trying to find a way of making them intrinsically safe. So, so is three or four other, you know, European companies as well, right? Because it's a big market, just like Emerson's hover, you know, LiDAR unit. And so we're getting involved with, in, with that because they, they want to say, right, if that can happen, then how can we use the Boston Dynamics dog to go and change certain valves, right? But it's being directed by 
that data has then been taken from that Boston Dynamics dog to a drone that can then go and give it to the control room, right? So the, the, the Boston Dynamics dog is, is sharing information, it's not directing, it's just sharing information that the, the um, drone can't access. I mean, to give you an example, again, going back to the mining industry, um, in gold mining, they have, they use a lot of cyanide. And so they have what we call tank farms, might be six, might be 10, might be 20 tanks full of cyanide. And somebody's got to go there on a daily basis and look at the dials and, and, and make some adjustments. It's not nobody's favorite job, but for Boston Dynamics, it's an ideal job. You know, goes down there, checks, the control room says, yeah, the dials look all great. No, no, we need an adjustment. The arms comes out of uh, Boston Dynamics and makes an adjustment to the valve. And then, you know, if that's okay, pulls back and off it goes. Now you're just taking somebody out of a very dangerous, you know, position. Similarly, when you're working in certain mine sites, certainly underground, you know, there's places where the drone can't go, but we need that data. And that's why I, love, I absolutely love Emerson's product because they modulized it so that you can take it off the drone, put it onto the Boston Dynamics dog. And if, if it can't do, you know, do the job with the dog, then put it in your backpack and go and do it. Now, that is real smart engineering. Right. So there's a lot of good ideas and, and, and product out there. And that's why I am so pleased uh, that in the drone industry. I have to admit, though, when I did my research, the one thing that interested me was that surrounding this drone industry was, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, um, virtual reality. You had batteries and all the you know, challenges and, and improvements. Uh, you had sense and avoid. So all, all these are really exciting, you know, uh, industry to be around. So it wasn't just about drones. And then, of course, you've got, you know, um, communications like 5G now. Right? Again, it's going to be a big positive impact on, on the drone industry. Yeah, that's very good. Mo, one of the reasons we, we started the podcast was like, like yourself, all of us have come from varied backgrounds. We didn't obviously get born into the drone industry. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure you, you of all people know when you started, uh, there's not a lot of help. Um, someone getting started or wanting to get started into the drone industry, um, what are your tips or your recommendations as far as going about it or um, who should they talk to? What, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Look, uh, another good question. So clearly you guys are very good at this podcast job. Um, <laughs> it's highly paid. So. <laughs> I know that's not true, moment. but that's good. I mean, again, you know, this is what I really like about the community that we've got is that we're happy to share. To be honest, the industry is so big that even if it, you know, there was 10 thousand more people in the industry we would still have tons of work right yeah. it's just about sharing this information um, and helping build um, a very professional industry um, and if we make it easy for people to do that then it'll it'll just it'll all come back because you know you're finding it yourselves guys every each business that you're in you're seeing you're going and doing a great job and guess what the client invites you back again but not only for that job he's now found new applications right and then he's the next time you go now you've got three or four applications with the same you know client 
what a wonderful opportunity, right? And, and, and you know, professional companies can take care of that. But if they're cowboys, unfortunately they can't. So coming back to your question, look, we get a lot of people uh, calling us. Um, there is quite a lot of hype. And I have to admit, we are part of the hype as well. Because when people see a successful business, they think, well, we can do this as well. And of course you can. And so, you know, we get people who have no sales experience, no business experience, and they think that they're going to get a drone pilot's license. You know, they're going to be a queue of people knocking on their door. Right? And so our job, first job is says, listen, guys, that's not you know, quite true. You do ideally need another skill with it. Now, one of the best skills is a surveyor. Another one is, is you know, uh, photography. Um, you've got building inspection inspectors, you've got crane inspectors, you've got engineering you know, inspectors, asset inspectors. If you've got some sort of experience in that area and the networks, then it's a relatively easy you know, industry to get into. I mean, what other industries can you go into where you've got cost of you know, certification, $3,000 with Global Drone Solutions for a five-year course, right? You've got an REOC application, which we will help you, you know, develop the manuals and library. Um, another, say, $2,000, including CASIS fees. That's $5,000 for all the certification. You know, I call them the gate openers, right? And then assume that you want to invest in a $3,000, $4,000 drone, add on a few more, let's say in total of $12,000, you set up in a brand new exciting industry. But that exciting industry, you need other skills with it, right? So if you have set up a drone and not drone business, any other business, you and you've done that successfully, you've got a tremendous amount of experience. You know what the hard work is going to be and the persistence. You know how to make it happen. Um, and you have networks that you can call on. And to be honest, like I said, that's how I set my business up. I called on the friends I had in the aviation industry. And we literally, you know, developed the training material, right, with their help. Yes, they need a reworking, all that. And now, you know, we, we like as I said to you earlier, we, we believe we have some of the best training material in the world. So the advice would be, before you jump into, into the drone industry, make sure that you've got other skills. Um, this other skills are, as I've just mentioned, you know, being a, an engineer or a mechanic or a technician, photographer, surveyor, right? Um, these things will come in handy. The other thing to do is sit back and say, well, are you a people's person? Because every business needs you to knock on doors, right? Even today, you know, I'm, I must have called four different companies. You know, I've got a team of business development managers, but I will still call them companies um, because it, it's a relationship I have, or I'll ask somebody, can you introduce me to so-and-so? And, you know, they do. And then of course, it's now a warm lead. So sales is a, is a big skill and sales, you have to have thick skin and you want to be able to, to, you know, talk to people, right? Now it doesn't have, you don't have to be an ex, you know, um, extrovert. I've seen some fantastic business people, uh, to be honest, sometimes better uh, that are introverts. They just know how to build a team around themselves, right? That are extroverts and, and go and love talking to people, but they do all the other work that people like me don't like doing, right? You know, paperwork and, and documentation and, and things like that. Um, but I got some advice when I was very young and said, just surround yourself with people who are better than you or cleverer than you. And that works a treat, right? Um, and, you know, um, Steve Jobs said, 
we don't take on people to tell them what to do. We take people on who will tell us what to do, right? So it's bringing in the right skill in this, this you know, in, in the business. So if you are joining this industry, make sure you've got some other skills. The least you can have, I in my mind, is if you are not an engineer, you're not a mechanic, you're not a building inspector, is that you have a sales ability, right? Because if you've got sales ability, and you will knock on doors, you will find your way and you will get business. And then that's where you start building other people around you to make that happen. So how do you do it? Well, the gate opener is a drone pilot's license. And there are 40 companies who've got that approval from CASA in, in Australia. Um, and Global Drone Solution is, is just one of them, right? But what I will say to you, and this is a plug, which I, I said I wouldn't do, right? <laughs> is that before you pick a drone pilot training company, talk to their graduates. And in our case, because, you know, as a business owner, or if you talk to one of my team, they have a vested interest to tell you they're the best. The best people to tell you that is, your, is the people who are our graduates. And like I said, we have about 222 five-star Google reviews. Just check that out, right? And that will give you an idea whether the company that you're training with has got good name and reputation, it's got good instructors, and they will look after you. It's not about just make, getting a drone pilot's license, but will they mentor you and help you and support you afterwards? And that's what we're really well known for, right? That's a great point. While we're on the topic, uh, I know you've got an offer for our listeners and, and viewers. Do you want to talk about the um, the offer, Mo? Yeah. Well, look, thank you for that opportunity. And, and I am so pleased that um, you guys um, are taking the time and effort to um, put this podcast together because that's what's going to help grow the industry. Um, and seriously, I, I work with nearly everybody that, wants to work with Global Drone Solutions, I, I have to go out and search for good people, right? So Sean, I, I knew you before. I've just met two nice people, Ty and Brendan, um, and we will be talking more about how, how we can help each other. But um, what we're prepared to do uh, for listeners and uh, people that are uh, members of this podcast, we give you 15% discount of all our courses. To give you an example, our uh, five-day course is uh, $3,000. Um, that brings it, you know, you got $450, you know, discount off that. Our online version of that training is $1,700. So you can see it's, it's a reasonable, you know, discount. And, and by the way, you get both remote palace license and your AROC, you know, for that price. And we've got lots of other advanced courses. So just uh, mention um, the podcast and um, we'll give you a 15% discount. We'll, we'll put the um, your website up. So it's gdronesolutions.com. And uh, we'll also put up a code when, when we post the podcast. Um, so that's for the month of Feb. Mo? Well, look, it, it, look I, I'm... Uh, relatively easy if, if it helps get the more people into the industry and you know good professionals then yeah we'll just keep it going sounds good um i think that's great and like you said 450 dollars on on a three thousand dollar course that's a huge discount where someone huge. can put that towards a piece of equipment or something else which is yeah, yeah. it's sizable it's a great it's very, great opportunity very generous. yeah yeah 
Awesome. Thank you very much. It's great. That's awesome. So Mo, I got a question. Um, when we're, I guess, going back to that topic of what you would do when you're coming into the industry yeah. and sort of going into the space of, you know, having some other skill behind you, um, would you also go down, um, sort of point people in the direction of choosing the industry that they want to work with in with drones instead of trying to do everything and everything? Or would you say try everything and then see what you like best and, and go from there? Yeah. Look, another great you know, question, guys. Um, I always say to people, because we actually do something extra, we show people how to set up a drone business. Um, and last three hours of my time, you know, where I, I explain how I set up my business and how they can you know, um, do theirs in a short you know, period of time. One of the things I always say is that stick with the knowledge and the industry you know, because you've got connections there. The challenge we all have as small businesses is we've got limited resources, both human, which could only be, you know, could be one man, one woman job, or um, financial. And a new business, you know, banks aren't going to give you a lot of money, right, unless you're prepared to pull up, put up collateral. I'm not sure I'd want to put up, you know, my house to uh, set up a drone business, right? So the... Some of the questions that we ask people when they come to us about drone uh, training is what is their experience? You know, have they got sales experience? Have they had their business before? What industry are they in? And to help them start that off, you know, their training course might be two or three weeks down the road. We say, look, come prepared, start making a, a, a developing a small database, whether you can use an Excel spreadsheet, because that's what I use, or you can get, you know, download free da um, uh, calendar um, uh, contact databases where you put the contact details and start thinking of all the people that you know, right? And it doesn't have to be people that are in your industry. Do you know somebody who may know that, you know, a, a real estate agent? Because that's where most people will get their experience from, right? Or do you know, already know people from, say, the building industry, people like Sean, right? Um, and so... If they come to us with 30 or 40 names, I have a way of showing them how I can make that 30 or 40 names into 300 names, right? So what you, you've then got is a database. And the reason I say build that database is that what most people will do is got the drone pilot's license, they'll rush out and go to their suburb and they've got 10 real estate agents. And they won't think, well, I'm, he's already probably got a supplier anyway, right? And so all they do is, listen, I've got my drone pilot's license, I've got insurance, can I have some work? They ain't going to work. It might have worked five years ago, we ain't going to work today, right? So we go through a process of showing them what they need to do to get an audience, because that's what you need. It's no good doing it on the phone. And then if you only got 10 people on your list, you soon get disheartened when you've called them 10 and you might have only got two, you know, you know, interviews or, you know, meetings. But if you've got 300, right? Um, then you'll find that, you know, you've got your idea is let's see if you can get three coffees. Now, three coffees in a week uh, sounds a little less, but to be honest, it's plenty when you've got other work to do as well. Um, but then three coffees have to be strategically in place, you know, and you need to be somebody who's going to, has shown some interest, is going to give you some business, has potential to give you uh, business. Or in many cases, I've had coffees with people that, I know could introduce me to somebody in, in an industry, right? 
And to give you an example, you know, we, we train <clears throat> pilots for the uh, watercorp here, right? We've had it from, you know, we're, we're one of our biggest clients right from the start. And uh, <clears throat> I tried, because there's such a large organization with different silos, how do you get into the right person? And um, I've been battling with that one for about six months, couldn't get into the right spot. And then I met a friend for a coffee, right? Through a LinkedIn connection. And uh, just in passing, I said to him, you wouldn't know anybody in the water court, would you? And he says, yeah, as it happens, I do. But I'd heard that numerous times before and nothing came of it. Anyway, Darren, you know, uh, Smith is his name. Uh, he rings, rings me up the following day and he says, listen, call this guy. As a matter of fact, they're looking for somebody to train pilots, right? And so the rest is history now. We've trained hundreds of them, right? Um, but it's simple having a coffee with a person. And again, it, you know, he was a small business owner. It wasn't in drones. It was actually into um, uh, a robot that worked on water to see sediment and measure sediment and, and, and things like that. And that's why I asked him about water core. So keep to the, the industry that you know, because you only have probably three to six months before your cash runs out and you're going to need to start bringing cash in. So the industry that you know, um, make a list of about 300 people. And honestly, if you get stuck with that, give me a shout. I know how to do that very easily, right? Uh, probably take, um, I don't know, half a day. Um, but if you do that, that preparation will come in a big way. Because if you did nothing else but call them people, that's a month's worth of work, right? And I say to the guys, if you can't uh, you know, develop a business with 300 names, then maybe you're not cut out to be in business. And that that training is that part of the the Reorg um, course that you're running as well? Yeah, that's right. It? That's right. Well, well, I think it's worth the three grand just in that, Absolutely. even if without the license, because <laughs> yeah. that's going to generate money. Um, so definitely, yeah. Well, sure. That's what that's the feedback we get. That a number of people have said, "Look, don't forget." Like I said to you, I'm 65 years of age. I've traveled around the world. I've set lots and lots of businesses, been very successful, and you what you get in three hours is Mahmoud 60 well 50 years in 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 business right and it's yeah. all shortcuts and learning from experience that's what it's all about no cleverer than anybody else yeah no but like you said is it's great to do it have a license but you have it have to have a skill set or recognize that skill set Absolutely. because uh, most people come into it and forget about their 20 30 years of work that they've done yeah. And um, in, in the 13 years I spent as a photographer, it was always quite, I always said there was two types of photographers. There's a photographer that's great at photography and there's a photographer that's great at business. Yes. And they're two totally different things. And totally I tell you what, I would say 70% of the industry is horrible at business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest, that's the difference in me. I am very good at business. I've been, and I love business as my hobby, right? So when I come into work every day, I'm coming in and I'm absolutely loving it. My wife says, you need to slow down. No way am I going to, the only way I'm going to slow down is I'm six foot under. Right? <laughs> when you enjoy something, guys, right, you, you know, you've got passion. And, and look, the other thing that I love doing, right, um, and that we have that capability is helping others get into a career, something they enjoy, make a decent living from it, and be a valuable member of society. Seriously, guys, I love it when I see the pilots going out there, either setting up businesses or they're um, 
working for organizations and I can see them going through the ranks. Now in WA, just giving an example, I'm so pleased that the chief pilot for Rio Tinto is a drone pilot trained by Global Drone Solutions, right? Three, go, um, three drone pilots, um, chief pilots for companies have changed hands in December and every one of the new ones is being trained by Global Drone Solutions, right? And two of them I placed. So the people ring me up and say, listen, Mahmoud, I, I, I need a job, I need to change, what can we do? And I said, great, Let, I know companies who are looking for right, good pilots, right? There's a lot of pilots out there, but there's not that many good pilots, right? And so helping them go into the right spot. And that's why I said earlier, you know, if you've got sales ability and you love business, you will find your way, right? Um, and, and honestly, guys, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm good at business, but I'm not great at flying. I, I'm not interested in flying. I set this business up to set up a business, not to go out and train. Yet the first year, uh, and I always recommend that to everybody, don't ask somebody to do something that you were not prepared to do. So the first year, me and Vanessa were the true you know, instructors. So we know that inside out. We both got cert fours in training and assessment, which we got by, you know, through Global Drone Solutions. Um, so we did it. We now know what we expect from, from um, our instructors. Uh, and then whenever we really get stuck, I, mean, I'm, I can slot into that you know, slot for a day or two, right? Not that I want to, but again, as a business part, you know, owner, you've got to do things that you don't, yeah. you know, always enjoy, right? And so, keeps you in touch as well, right? I mean, oh, you absolutely. might learn something. Absolutely. Yeah. But the other good thing that's happened, by the way, guys, and this is to help people who want to grow their business and go to the next level, is that go back two or three years and as a chief pilot for my company, I had to make sure that, uh, you know, we were all relevant and, and compliant. Uh, but everything stops with me. So then the sales and the marketing, the business development, yes, we grew a team. Now there's 15 of us, but the challenge is that I'm not interested in going and, you know, getting the latest um, uh, type training, you know, myself. So now Casser have come to a party and they said, look, we can get, a, you can have somebody else in your business, right, can do the type training is the specialist, you know, uh, as your type, you know, specialist. And therefore, they can do the assessments. Then if anything goes wrong with my business, right, you know, for offerings that that person leaves, then the only part of my business that slows down is that one part, right? Because I'm still the chief pilot. I've got a specialist in, you know, as a type trainer. So I'm sure that can happen with you guys as well as some of the areas that you're working. So for, for me, that was a big, you know, uh, positive for CASA to allow organizations to do that sort of stuff. So Casser, I find now a lot more receptive. You can ask them anything. It might take my time and might cost you a few thousand dollars, but they will consider it, right? Um, so they're learning as well. And some lot really nice, smart people joining Casser now. And, and I think because they've got that change, I know last two or three people that have gone in that business think, okay, there is, there is good opportunity for CASA to turn around, right? People from the industry, that's what you need. People have been, you know, a couple of them are instructors, being instructors with, within the industry. One of them, you know, with Global Drone Solutions. And so they can go back. They're taking on people with, with inspection industry experience in the drone space, right? So they know the challenges the industry faces. Um, so they're, they're coming a long way as well. So, uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed. 
I agree. I think our recent uh, engagement has been a lot more pragmatic yes. Um, yes. and at least they're listening and um, perhaps the laws may be a little bit dated on, in some circumstances, but yeah. If, yeah. if they're willing to work with us as an industry, that's certainly much better than not listening. So. Yeah. Well, look, the other thing I would like to say, guys, is that the line of sight um, has been holding the industry back a little bit, right? Now with extended line of sight and certainly beyond line of sight and now even remote operations, something that we, we only dreamt about three years ago. So the, the future for this industry is really, really bright. Uh, I mean, this beyond line of sight, you know, yes, it still costs quite a few thousand dollars to get approval, but you can get it for a whole year. For a mine site, $10,000 for approval is nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because they can do it at that you know, site for 12 months. Um, and that cost, as demand grows will, and the systems and the process within Cassette are improved um, and more aircraft are approved as well, then that cost will come down as well. Right? So really, I'm really excited about the drone industry because this beyond line of sight is where the future is. And honestly, guys, from where I sit, it's going to mushroom. Right? It's really going to mushroom. The challenge we've had and we still have is getting your blogs to accept drones and they still got this thing in their head about privacy right and look in some cases when the idiots do the wrong thing on the beach we're flying on the beach and round people then yes that takes us a few steps back but when they see the good things that drones can do like dropping you know um packages to remote you know areas or when there's been a disaster um uh, or there's been a requirement to get medicine into an area that say got COVID. Why, why are we putting other people in that area? Why don't we just send the you know yeah. medicine through uh, you know drones? So lots and lots of great opportunities, lots of drone, great drone applications. Um, and the other thing, by the way, if, if somebody sends us an email and just goes onto our website, we have an ebook with over 500 drone applications in, right? probably 30 different industries. That's a good starting point. You know, have a look at that. It took us a few months to put that back. You know, we did that a year ago. So I reckon that if we were to do that again, we'd probably get some 50, 800 applications, right? 100 applications. So, you know, lots and lots of applications. Ask for the free ebook. And, um, you know, that's a good starting point to join the industry. You talked about uh, the consumer, which I was going to ask, because we have this segment called Dummy of the Week because it's our pet mm. hate for some of the dumb things people do. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, have you got any beginner-type training um, that you run as well that people can probably refer to if you do? Well, look, uh, we don't. We don't. What we, uh, what we do is we sponsor um, a number of drone uh, Facebook clubs uh, and groups so that, and they they do a lot of that and it's fun. Uh, I have to keep a very, very fine line that we as a training organization, right? So um, I, I won't get involved with that, but I will direct people to the, the you know, the uh, Facebook groups and there's tons and tons of help there. I mean, we sponsor them by giving, you know, vouchers for, you know, uh, drunk accessories and things like that. Um, we also sponsor two racing clubs in, in Perth as well. Again, to get more people in the industry, get, because to be honest, the pilots who, who fly these uh, racing uh, drones, they, we've trained a few of them and they're absolutely awesome, right? 
so that's another you know area I can just see that 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 is going to grow as a you know industry on its own. Yeah, agree. Um, I think that we're getting pretty close to the end. Um, any other questions, gents? Before we do our special questionnaire for Mo. No, I think um, this is really good. I think it was mm. great um, perspective of the industry. I think a lot of people will get a lot of yeah. value out of um, it's, yeah, it's a lot, one a lot that, of good information there. That's a lot of stuff that people people couldn't get in, in a lot of places. So it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah, I think that's a big help to people out there, especially starting out. Yeah, and I think it might open people's minds about where the industry is going and and what the applications are going to be in the future. Um, not necessarily, like you said earlier in the podcast, Mo, is um, people still see them as toys in the air and things like that. And, um, you know, I think there will be some form of industrial spin to the drone industry in the, in the coming years that a lot of people will jump on board of. And I think that's the really exciting part because I think that's what excites us about it. You know, we're not really the consumer end. We are that commercial industrial side of things and where that industry is going is where we're all excited so um yeah it's going to be really really good yeah well that's why like i said i love the industry not only that it's it's a um a great business to be in but the friends that you make um and i keep saying to people look make a call and worst case if you don't do any business with that person if you treat it that you made a new friend right and you treat them people with respect you have made another friend. And, and if that person can't use your services, I'm sure when an opportunity comes and somebody mentions it, you know, so I'll go and see Global Drone Solutions or, you know, go and see Air Inspect and, and, and so on. So again, we're the ambassadors. We've got to be, you know, doing the right thing and we've got to be spread the word right? and bring more people into, into the, this industry. I um, definitely agree. Think, yeah. And I think that, Sorry, I guess, again, we say that it's, all the time that the podcast is about that is that you know there's four of us on this podcast just as from the hosts and we're all from different parts of the industry um you know other than ty and sean you know danny and i and sean are all very separate we run our separate businesses yeah. we're all friends yeah. we all work yeah. together it's not yes. about taking work from one another it's not about yeah. taking advantage of other people the whole point of the podcast was to create an environment where people feel comfortable just reaching out randomly yeah, about yeah. what they want to do in the industry or they just want to connect and things yeah. like that. And yeah, yeah. that's that, you know, people like yourselves that we want to get on this podcast is the yes. same mentality of what they want out of this industry going forward. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's really important for most people, for everyone listening to the podcast to understand if they just want to talk to people, yeah. reach out to one of us. I'm sure exactly. we're all very capable of having a chat. Um, you know, even if it's a simple Instagram message or LinkedIn message, you know, yeah. might take a couple of days to get back to you, but we're, we're all part of the industry that we want to grow. Um, and we're not going to ignore you. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, very good point, Brendan. And I think that's why, um, I love it. It's just, um, I mean, the, the number of friends I've made is unreal and, um, it's genuine people too, right? Cause they mm. see that, you know, they need help. You've helped them. And I always said 99% of people are really good people, you know, and, you know, we can't be making rules and regulations for that 1%. And to be honest, within my business, I won't allow it, you know, for, you know, somebody says, oh, well, you know, uh, you, you take a small deposit 
Uh, and then, you know, a week before the guy says, oh, I'm sorry, I've changed my mind. Well, guess what? Our terms and conditions say that you've got to give us 14 days. But to be honest, if you came to me on the Friday and the course starts on Monday, I'll give you all back, all right? Because at the end of the day, I, I want to leave a relationship intact, right? Yeah. And if, if the person has changed their mind, you know, so be it. It's not costing me anything yet. Yeah. So, um, and it's simple things like that. And when people realize, oh, your blogs is doing the right thing, they will do the right thing too, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. One of the, um, so we didn't tell you, we've got a, a surprise segment for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <all right. laughs> uh, so we call it six in 60. Um, it's um, basically six questions in 60 seconds. So if one of the lads um, can the start the timer. Yeah, I'll get that sorted up. So it's uh, six questions, Mo, and uh, you can answer right. as best as you like. Cool. Bring it in front of my face. So we we started, have we? And starting now. Okay. So first one, what's your favorite drone? The Matrice 300. Great. What's your favorite color? Green. Green. Okay. Um, what's your favorite ice cream? Magnum. Flavor? Vanilla. Vanilla. Good. What's your favorite car? Aston Martin. Very good. My grandson is named Aston. Aston, right. <laughs> so you influenced that one. Yeah. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Trek, mate. Star Trek. Okay. Ooh. Final Bye. tricky one. Who's your favorite host? 10 seconds. Uh, uh, Sean, Ty, and Brendan. Beautiful. <laughs> You're done, you winner. <laughs> Two seconds to spare. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, it's it's something we've done since the start and we enjoy it. We kept the yeah. questions the same. So it's it's always great hearing people's colour and ice cream. with that Andrew Davies, right? right? He's been on here and he hasn't given me a warning. <laughs> <laughs> never trust, trust yeah. the guy from Tassie, right? No, no never. Right. You can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Mo, awesome. thank you very much for your time. Yeah. It was Thanks, very informative. We've um, thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure if you've got some time, uh, we'd love to have you on as a, as a host as well. Help us out from time to time. I'm, I'm sure you want to question somebody else uh, <laughs> as well. So like we said, we want to have this platform to help uh, each other out. And we all also have our day jobs. So Yeah, no, look, <laughs> I start, said that at the start, guys. I take my hat off to you, right? Because um, finding this amount of time, um, and it's not just this amount of time. This is a, the front part. It's yeah. all the work that goes in, you know, um, behind the scenes, and it's probably five or six hours for an hour of uh, you know a podcast. So um, how you guys are doing it is beyond me. Um, and like I say, you know, bravo. Because um, that's what we need. We need more, you know, professional podcasts that you know, that can share the message. But look, I will, I will um, commit to doing one or two for you, or you know, this year. Um, I'll enjoy it. But like everybody else, I think we just got to make that time um, because otherwise, the industry is not going to grow. And I want to help mm. the industry grow. Well, you obviously have a lot of learning and 
you obviously training you being a specialization that um helps the industry by for sure um but guys jump on there's a great discount that most put on just for the business development it's bloody worth it so uh, so go on to gdronesolutions.com we'll put it up on the on the video as well and um yeah reach out to the guys have a chat to them um yeah they're a great bunch of guys and i'm sure you'll enjoy the course thank you game mo we will uh thank you guys soon thanks man. have a nice Appreciate evening and i'm off soon. to have a beer <laughs> yeah. <All right>. enjoy <laughs> See ya. until the bye next bye. one bye-bye thanks <laughs>